to the Blue Roads Changemaker Podcast. I'm Patty Talbot, CEO and co-founder of Blue Roads Education Group. In this series, you'll hear reflections about what it means to be a homegrown changemaker. We focus interviews around the Blue Roads mantra, homegrown solutions for a patchwork world. Our guests are amazing changemakers, solutionaries, and social innovators who've taken the path from local citizen to global changemaker and or from global citizen to local changemaker by working to change the system that creates the world's most challenging issues close to home and around the globe. I ask participants to tell us about their origins, how they've engaged with others different from themselves, how they work to create solutions, and how they've used these experiences to make the leap to changemakers addressing the UN Sustainable Development Goals. As their host, I try hard to take myself out of the conversation as much as possible so you won't notice the typical back and forth of the interview process. I hope this will help you to hear their stories as a complete narrative that addresses all four quadrants of the Blue Roads Changemaker Journey, Homegrown Solutions for a Patchwork World. I met C.J. Peterson, our special guest in this episode of the Blue Roads Changemaker series, through a matchmaking service called Matchmaker FM for podcasters. When she was kind enough to interview me for her podcast, The Journey is Real, about my work to cultivate homegrown changemakers, we got to talking afterward about her own work as a changemaker. CJ generously agreed to be a guest for the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast so that my audience can learn about her work as an award-winning author, blogger, podcaster, and publisher, working to change the world with her own unique voice while supporting the work of others as well. Her ongoing efforts to share her message in a variety of forms also includes work with youth and a self-sustaining farm project. Listen now to CJ's Homegrown Solutions for a Patchwork World. So, welcome everyone. I am so happy today to have with me a new friend, CJ Peterson. And you will be able to see, for if you're looking at the video version, you can see her background that tells you that she is an author, blogger, podcaster herself, and a publisher. And I can't wait for you to hear her changemaker story today and learn all the wonderful things she's doing to make the world a better place. So welcome, CJ. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, when I heard about your Changemaker podcast slash blog, I'm like, oh, hey, uh, we need to connect. Yes, I'm I'm so excited that we have. And I should tell our audience, too, the way that I met CJ is because I got to be on her podcast recently. And I think that's coming out in a couple of months. So I, I'll be eager for you to hear that one as well. So thank Definitely. you for being with us, CJ. Thank you. Did, Today, uh, as I always do traditionally with the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast, I ask you four questions around our company theme, Homegrown Solutions for a Patchwork World. So we'll start with homegrown, just like for you to tell us about where you were grown and who your people are and how that makes a difference to who you are today. Wow, who my people are. Well, I am Texan. Um, anybody asks me what country you're from, I say Texas. Um, people who don't live in Texas don't quite understand that reference. We're proud to be Texan. Um, my parents were born and bred Texan. Um, I grew up army brat. My grandfather was Navy. My husband is retired Navy and my nephew just got out of the Navy. My dad said the only reason he didn't join the Navy is because he got an engraved invitation he couldn't refuse. My people <laughs> are basically um, your military, 
uh, your Christians, because I am a Christian. Um, honestly, it's anybody who enjoys a good read, anybody who kind of wants to get a different perspective on things and kind of more in touch with the heart. And can you talk to us a little bit about how those people and that that background that is you plays into your work today as a change maker? What difference does it make to you who you are and where you come from? Oh, definitely. When you're a military brat, regardless of the branch, you kind of get a worldview of life as opposed to someone who maybe has been born and bred in the same town and lived in the same town most of their life. Some people don't quite understand that. The way I grew up, I grew up all over the U.S. And so the way I look at people is their heart. And so I write everything from my heart. I'm I'm an author. I don't write toward the current trends because trends change. Um, I write timeless. The blog, the Journey to Fruitfulness blog, I write we're taking our five-acre farm from Grand Zero to fully functioning, self-sustaining. And so I share joys, successes, mistakes, failures. Um, and I do a spiritual life application to it that allows people to learn from our mistakes. So transparency. A podcaster. I am the host or hostess, <laughs> hostess with the mostest for the Journey is Real podcast. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Again, same theme. It's the journey and the heart. I've met a ton of fantastic people, literally from all over the world. And it is something that cannot be replaced. Publisher. My sister and I own Texas Sisters Press. We are the sisters of Texas Sisters Press. And when you become one of our authors, you become part of the family. Some publishing companies kind of take your money, get you published and let you go. We don't. When an author contacts us, we do a one-on-one interview with them because we need to know where they are, what they're looking for, if we can help them, and if not, where we can send them. Being authors ourselves, we know what it's like in the author world, and we want to give other authors another chance to get into that author world. And our only line is that if our 88-year-old mother, who just passed away in January, could have read it and not blushed, we were good. That's our line. So we try to keep it family-friendly as much as possible. When our authors go through the publishing phase, they're also meeting with me to do marketing and branding. So they're not getting shoved out into the author world by themselves. Um, I was also a youth group leader for 18 years. There was a massive intermix between inner city and country kids. And some of those I have mentored and some of them have taken under my wing. They decided to go into the mentoring. Um, I am a sci-fi geek and I will own it through and through. And so the first phase of the mentorship, you are a young pad one. Those who watch Star Wars will understand this, this theory and this how this works. As they start to grow up and grow a little bit beyond the young pad one phase, they're known as young Jedi. Then usually about the time that they graduate high school, they turn, they're released as Master Jedi, which means that they are to the point that they can help mentor somebody else. There was one girl who reached that and I had to backtrack her to Young Jedi, but I just bumped her back up and she knows it, she owns it. And she is now in a place where she can mentor others as well. What are the issues that you're working on and how are you trying to make the world a better place by working for solutions? My tagline is, while the stories are fiction, the journey is real. My characters are real. I'm a realistic Christian. My characters, they go through it all, and they end up falling flat on their face most times than not, but God picks them up, dusts them off, and sends them back on again. Despite what, for example, the Israelites did in the Bible, God still wanted them to love him and still wanted them to follow him. And I wanted to make sure that came across. The 
team angel series currently the spiritual one crosses into the physical so where there's dark there's light there's angels there's demons so you're dealing with spiritual warfare on this plane and i wanted to help kind of adjust some perspective because a lot of people are okay with the loving god portion but you know there's a whole other side to this christianity that they are trying to ignore and I don't let them. <laughs> I'm currently working on a Christian sci-fi trilogy. Some people are like, is that even possible? And my answer is yes. I am a sci-fi geek and I am a Christian. Both are at my core. So I'm going to write from both because I write from my core and my heart. A portion of the proceeds from my novels do go to different charities. That's where part of the rippling effect comes from. For example, the Grace Restored series, a portion of the proceeds goes to Hope's Door, a domestic violence shelter in Plano. A portion of the proceeds from Divine Legacy and Holy Flame Trilogy go to Airborne Angel Cadets of Texas who ship packages overseas to our military. A portion of the proceeds from the standalone Strength from Within goes to Jenny's Hope, which is a counseling center for teens. And so I like to give back and help others as they're enjoying a good read, maybe a change of perspective and a change of heart. Blogger. Like I said before, it's full transparency from the heart. What's going on here is what you're going to see. I'm a, like I said, I'm a realistic person. I'm a realistic, realistic Christian. What you see is what you get, like it or not. My husband jokes, people either love my books or they hate my books. There really isn't an in-between. It's kind of the same thing with me all the way through because I am so real. Not everybody can take that. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I wasn't meant for everybody. But with the blog, we share our joys and our successes. We share our mistakes and our epic fall flat on our face failures. If we can help somebody to not face the same failures and mistakes that we did, then it's worth putting out there. I pull life lessons and do a spiritual application at the end of each of them. And so it lets people kind of have a different perspective of everyday real life things that go on that it might not click in their head that, hey, this has a spiritual application podcaster the journey is real podcast i tell people i'm a ninja christian in the way the fact <laughs> the podcast is not christian but i am and so the people that come on my podcast some are christian some are not but either way they share from their hearts different passions that they have different goals that they have and just meeting different people is amazing a lot of people are listening to it they don't have to be Christian to enjoy it. They don't have to be Christian to enjoy the journey to fruitfulness blog. They don't have to be Christian to enjoy my books. What I want them to do is follow the journey out of all of those. Because for the author portion of the books, there is a journey that the character goes on. The blogger, we're going on a journey and taking everybody with us. The podcast, everybody's gone on a journey. It's not just their passions that I hone in on. It's the story behind the passion. It's the journey behind the journey is real. Publisher, that is in and of itself a journey beyond measure. One of the things that we tackle is we started last year and we're doing it again this year is we do an anthology. It has to be 3,500 to 7,500 words, holiday themed, family friendly. We have that line our mama put in front of us. We don't take all the stories, but some of them, what we do is we try to get some that are been published for a while intermixed all the way through with different levels of publishing to some like last year's there was one who had never been published before in her life and this gave her the opportunity to put published author after her name we're looking to try to help authors as i said we help take them through marketing and branding and the beast known as social media so it's not as scary and daunting when they get there to us it's the journey for everything for me the journey is real when stories of fiction the journey is real the journey to fruitfulness the journey is real podcast it's the journey and it's the heart that matters to me. 
And I know that that journey takes you past all kinds of people. And as you mentioned, people like you and people not so much like you. So you know that our third quadrant is, we call it the patchwork, which is all about diversity and engaging with people across opinions, across perspectives, and the strength and the beauty of doing that. So can you tell us any stories about your experience, particularly interacting with people that maybe have a different frame on the world with you and what you gain from that and what they gain from interacting with you? Definitely. Author, I'll share two stories. One does, one doesn't. Um, one, the girl that I mentored that was Master Jedi that got backtracked, um, she went to a junior college and she told another girl about the books. The girl was not a Christian prior to reading the books. Two weeks later, she runs up to her, hugs her and says, I read all the books and I'm a Christian. And I asked Jesus to be my savior. To me, that makes publishing every single one of those books worth it. Another thing I do is I do actually read my reviews. There are some trolls out there and I usually let my readers handle it. And they do a pretty good job of it. I just keep my hands off because um, that's their opinion. They're entitled to their opinion. Um, but sometimes I read them and I try to find structural suggestions versus critical suggestions. Critical meaning I just don't like you and I don't like your book. And, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm not for everybody. So there are some things in there that I can pick out. And that's what I like to if somebody or something that I don't agree with. I try to find that key that allows us still to connect on a human level. Uh, the blog, again, I've had people tell me that they follow it and I didn't even know who they were. Podcast, as I said before, not everyone is Christian. I'm a Christian. That's fine by me. You don't have to be a Christian. I'm a podcast. There are quite a few that I have met who they have very valid points and they have very valid directions. And I kind of go with it again. I try to find that key that connects us in humanity. That patchwork probably shows its most in my podcast that you mentioned earlier, because of people from different cultures, different races, from literally all over the country. And it gets very interesting. A lot of times the cultural differences make a huge impact on how things are processed and how things are done. And that's what made that person. My experiences made me, their experiences made them good, bad, and ugly. And people have asked me, if you could change anything in life, would you? My answer is absolutely positive, without a doubt, no, because that's who made me who I am today. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I either run into somebody, they're either a blessing or a lesson. I have to learn which one it is. Publisher, it's it's the same thing. You run across a wide variety of people who you know want to talk just about the books. As I said before, some of them we can help, some of them we can't. Those we can are the ones that we consider family, and we will back them with everything we've got. It's a two-way street. If they don't back us, either, you know, we're trying to help them, it causes a little bit of frustration. And it's like, you know what? You don't have to be a Christian. We are not a Christian publishing company. We just need it family friendly. There's a difference. And so when some people understand that, like, okay, yeah, okay, I got it. I can help. I can work with you. And so it's the same thing as the podcast. You don't have to be a Christian to be a Texas Sisters Press author. You don't have to be a Christian to be on my podcast because your viewpoint matters to me. How you see the world matters to me. The author portion and the blogger portion, if I can change your perspective, that matters to me. Our last quadrant we call the world quadrant, or I also frame it as the reflecting quadrant, both what we reflect internally, what we 
think about the lessons we're learning in our daily lives, but also what we reflect out into the world with uh, creating those ripple effects that make a real difference. So can you talk about the ripple effects that you hope to be making as well as those that you feel like you are making on a daily basis with all the work? Because you, you know, with all the things you're doing and putting out into the world, you have a voice. People don't care what you know till they know that you care. That's part of the heart of the matter in everything and anything that I do. Um, being a mentor, we'll start with there. Um, I chose to work with teens because teens in the area that I worked with, which is generally junior high, they're asking before that elementary school, they're being told what to believe. When they reach junior high, they're wanting to know why they believe what they believe. They're working on their thought processes. They're working on how, where they fit into the world themselves. And some, some of these leaders would drive crazy when they kept asking why. I was one of those that said, please ask me why, and I will tell you my thought process. Because I'd rather help you make a proper thought process than force you to listen to mine. And if they gave me a pat answer, I made them go deeper. I, I don't like it when somebody gives me an above-the-surface answer. I'm like, nope, I want the whole thing. Give me it good, bad, and ugly. My books, like I said before, I've had lives changed by them. One girl came to youth group. And she comes in, she goes, I am so in love with Katie McKenna. And I'm like, you're Elise, aren't you? Or my mother had just told me before that she was coming and she knew her. And so she didn't even have to tell me who she was. Just like, she's like, I'm so in love with Katie McKenna, which is the Grace Restored series character. And I'm just like, great, you're Elise. Let me introduce you to the other ones too. <laughs> you know. And we had fun. And she and I still somewhat connect with that. I, you know, the best thing anybody can do to help me is word of mouth. That is the best form of advertising anybody or anything can do. And the worst thing that happened to me was the first year I published, I did an indie author speaking day that following year in October. And when I went there and I did my speaking with two other authors, one of the guys came up to me and says, you know, I didn't know who you were until today, but now that I, I, got to know you better. He's like, I'm getting all your books. I'm like, great. I was excited that he was getting my books because, you know, the messages within the books to me is important to get out. What stuck in my head was that he didn't know who I was until that day. And I made it my mission from that point forward to make sure that it was very difficult not to find me online. Hence the rest of the dashes across my title. Blogger. Like I said before, people have... Bees are going extinct. At least they were. I think it's slowly starting to turn around. What people don't understand is if bees go extinct within four years, the entire world will die. They don't understand the impact that bees have. Serenity Acres Apiary is part of that five-acre farm going from ground zero to a functioning self-sustaining farm. And so a lot of times on social medias, I will share, you know, did, did you know bee facts? And people are like, I had no clue. And so you've got people who are like pouring honey by the gallons on their toast or wherever they're putting it. And they're not realizing that one teaspoon is one little bee's lifetime of work. And they're not understanding the true value behind raw honey. And that's part of my goal as well is to not only share the life experiences and give a different perspective, but to you know kind of help the environment as well. People, we're trying to share the value that the honey bees provide as well as I call the, the blocks with the bees serenity synergy because of the synergistic effect of how the farm works. 
the bees pollinate the fruit trees and the different fruits and vegetables that in turn feed us, but they take that back to them when it starts to bloom and everything, they get the pollen and take it back to their hive and they start working on storing honey and feeding the queen and making sure their hive is growing. Our job is to make sure that they have the trees and the flowers to pollinate and the fruits and vegetables to pollinate. And in turn, they gave us the raw honey that keeps us healthy. So there is a synergistic effect that needs to be in there. That's how honeybees function in the worldwide scale perspective. People have a, a better understanding of how it works. Publisher or podcaster, like I said, I've run across hundreds of people, very, very different backgrounds. I try to find the connecting key that works with both of us. There are some who I've gotten on, I'm like, I don't know that they really fit my podcast. But after the podcast, I'm like, you know what? He changed my mind or she changed my mind. You know, good job. Because to change my mind, I am a Irish Texan. It's pretty hard to do. And in my podcast, kind of like yours, I have conversations. I want to go below the surface. I tell people before we start, do not give me your standard podcast interview or I will throw it out. I want below the surface stuff. And there's some I've had to dig a little bit to get down there. But once they got down there is when they reached a level where they told me afterwards that they've never done before. Or that interview has changed them because they never verbalized it before. And so that's changing the lives of the interviewers. But those who are listening as well get to take that journey with them. And that's why people like the Journey as Well podcast. Publisher, like I said, we're helping authors get a leg up in the world. So they're not coming out blind. They're also given a chance to publish that not a lot of companies will do or vanity ones will just take your money and send you out in the world and say, go for it. And it's like, no, we want to change what publishing looks like. We want to make sure that the authors are taken care of. We want to make sure that they know what they're doing. So they're not going out there going, huh, where do I go from here? You know, they're family. And we look after them like we look after family. We lost my dad in July of 2019, my mother just January 27th. And the one thing they instilled in us was unconditional love. There's some days where it's really rough. Then there are some days where they hit their high points. And when that light bulb goes off in their head, we're just like, yes, it was worth it. Good job. In a way, we're, we're changing how things look. I never fit in a box as an author. She started off as an indie. Now I go through the publishing company. It's like, I can do whatever I want. I'm creating a new genre with Christian fiction sci-fi. And so it's going to change things left and right. And I I enjoy (laughs) the light of my life is to change someone's perspective on something or someone. And the one thing that I haven't heard you talk about, except just really briefly, is the farm going from ground zero to self-sustainable. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the the origins of that and how you got started and where where it is and where you hope it will go. Gotcha. Um, Well, the farmer's card, Serenity Acres, a berry. Um, and how it started was we're, we're the type of people, my husband and I are the type of people who will jump in both feet, make the mistakes and grow from it. Um, some people research, research the tar out of something and never, ever take the leap. And we're both country type people. My husband's retired Navy senior chief. He did a lot of survival training as well. And so that's one thing that's made a huge difference in how we're functioning as a farm. We do have solar. We have the bees. We've had a couple of rough years with the bees. We're still pushing it. We've got fruit trees that we've planted a lot of them this year, but quite a few of them have been there for the last few years or longer. 
We just got the farm in February of 2019. So it's still evolving, still growing. Uh, one thing is we need to do is get a well and get some more batteries for the solar and a way to protect it as well as a generator. That will allow us to, when the issues come to still be able to function how we normally do. Back in February as a prime example in Texas, we had a snow and ice storm that took out a lot. We literally didn't have power for about 95% of the week and didn't have water for about 80, 85% of the week. And so we learned what it was like in the pioneer days. And I got to tell you, they were beasts. I give them full major props <laughs> of respect because our ancestors kicked tail despite what was going on. But I found a new form of respect for it. Now, where we are, we were able to sustain enough that we did not have to leave the farm for anything. Yet our neighbors had to because they weren't ready for something like this. We are. The way our house functioned, we have a big, huge wood, a buck stove, which is basically a fireplace insert, but there's a lip on it. That's about a foot, foot and a half out from the fireplace. And it's basically a wood stove. The beauty of it is we didn't have power, which meant we didn't have heat, which also meant we didn't have a stove, which also meant we didn't have a refrigerator anything else that went along with it. When we lost water, we lost more than anything else we might have potentially had. We had plenty of bottled water to get through what we needed to. We, any water we needed to boil, we put it on top of the stove. Anything we needed to cook, we put it literally in the stove in foil. We were able to do it that way, make little, called them hobo dinners. We had enough wood to go into the fireplace because we were ready. We were prepared for that sort of stuff. The things we knew we needed, though, the batteries will help sustain the power next time power goes off, especially if we're off grid. The water, if it's a well, we won't have the same issue and it will be powered by the solar. The generator, in case both of those other two back out, the generator will kick everything else back into play. In the meantime, I've already explained how the serenity synergy of the farm actually works between the bees and the fruit trees and the gardens. Down the road, we hope to build a massive greenhouse that will allow us to have plenty in there for the vegetables, the fruit trees that have to be within the greenhouse can be stored in there as well on a, a year long basis. One thing we do have that's for a long-term goal is to have what I call the beehive, which is basically the length of a three car garage, two stories tall. One of the bays top and bottom would be like a guest house. One of the bays on the bottom on the other side is going to be half of plexiglass so people can see how we process the honey and see how that works and how we make the wax and how we can pour it into molds to make the candles. The center portion of that bottom will be a little store with balms, lotions, candles, fruits, jellies, jams, vegetables. I mean, everything you can think of in there. The top floor, there's going to be a kind of like a staircase here on the top floor is going to be like a little library. A lot of my author friends can put their books in there with their card in it so that the books can't leave the beehive. People can take pictures of the business card of the author and that allows them to go find them online later and connect with them later. So that allows everything to work together. I'm all about cross promotion. I'm all about helping people. God's already created everything you really kind of need to survive. So CJ, thank you so much for the change-making work you're doing in the world through your messaging and through inviting the messages of others and helping to promote authors and people who are 
trying to make a difference in the world and my modeling for us and those young people that you're mentoring how to how to live a good life as we were intended to do. So I'm just really grateful for your time today and what you're doing as a change maker in the world. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on your show. For anybody who wants to find me online, it's really super easy. C-J-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N-W-R-I-T-E-S.com. And anything you want to know about me is on that website. And there's a lot. You can follow CJ's numerous projects on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Be sure to take notice of all the ways her work is also supporting efforts to realize the global goals. Can you see how she's working for number three, health and well-being, number eight, decent work and economic growth, number 11, sustainable communities, and number 15, life on land? Get in touch and let me know if you think I've missed any. Thanks for tuning in to the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast. We hope you'll follow our work and learn more about how you can get involved and start your own changemaker journey at www.blueroadseducation.org. We'd love it if you could subscribe to the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast and give us a rating on iTunes so that others can find us too. This also helps to elevate the voices of the amazing changemakers you're learning about in our series.